Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus both possess the qualities we're looking for in our team. Tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic winners. It was an easy decision for me. What am I about and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Now, here's Kevin Powell. This is episode 58 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Final month of this season. Four games remaining and some tough tests ahead. They play the Eagles and then the Bills. Those two might end up facing each other in the Super Bowl. Uh, Not picking the Bears to win Sunday, uh, but we want to see more development of Justin Fields. Hopefully that offensive line can give him some protection against a nasty defensive front for the Philadelphia Eagles. Most sacks in the NFL with 49. The Bears, by the way, defense, 16 sacks, worst in the NFL. They're led by Jaquan Brisker. The rookie safety leads the team with a grand total of three sacks. So uh, I think if Justin Fields continues to play well and stays healthy over the final four games, we'll uh, we'll feel pretty good going in, into the offseason, which should be a very active one. But uh, got into it more with Jared Payton, you know J.P., over at WGN-TV, knows the Bears very well, of course. And uh, we talk about Justin Fields, look ahead to the draft a little bit. Uh, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, who would you prefer if the Bears go that route in the draft? A lot of scenarios obviously can play out, but we talk about Fields, talk about Bears-Eagles, a little bit about the draft and the offseason, too. Here's my conversation with Jared Payton. Jared Payton now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast. You can see JP every day on WGN TV. And Jared, we've got four games remaining for the Chicago Bears. And I I love what I've seen out of Justin Fields. And we look back to that Green Bay game, and he threw the ball really well. 80% completion rate. It was one of his best passing games of the season. Probably the best. And why? Because he finally got protection up front from the offensive line. We've been talking about that all season. And Fields, even yesterday, was talking to the media. He's like, yeah, this whole running thing kind of just happened this year. He's like, I wasn't the biggest runner in college football. And I think all of us who have been paying a close close attention to Fields, and everyone's like, oh, he's a runner. Can he throw the ball? I'm like, this dude can run. But he was not known as this, like, what he's doing this year was not exactly what he was doing in college. Like, we know this dude can throw the football. So I think if we see quality play out of Fields over the final four games and he stays healthy, I, I feel really good about the Bears going into the offseason. Yeah, KP, when it comes down to Justin Fields, I think what we've seen over time is him progress as a football player and as a quarterback. And, you know, what I really like is is that, you know, people kind of, you know, talk about his game because we've seen it this season, closing in on 1,000 yards as a rusher. But people aren't talking about the progression that we're seeing, though, as a passer. And I think, you know, a lot of Bears fans and people in the media, oh, he's got to become a better passer. I think that's going to come over time, KP, honestly. I mean, we we saw that at Ohio State. I mean, that's what he was all about, him throwing the rock. And it really did help that he did have an amazing offensive line and some skill position players that are better than the ones that he has on his roster right now. We're talking about first-round guys going to get the ball. It makes it so much easier. I think over time, when you start to build around him as a quarterback, we're going to see the passing game become a little bit more fluent. And I think he's going to feel a little bit more 
at ease and comfortable with it as well. And yeah, you did say it over the last couple of weeks, especially when you see the the Green Bay game, the protection was a lot better. So it it made him not, you know, take that first step of when he saw maybe a different color jersey. Well, I'm just going to take off and run. I think he he felt a little bit more at ease. That clock inside of his head was ticking just a little bit slower, and he was able to be able to go out and, and step in and make those throws, keep his eyes down the football field. But yeah, if he stays healthy for the last four games. That is going to be a huge plus. But no matter how the final four games go of this season, one thing that keeps me at ease is knowing that we have our franchise quarterback. You yeah. can't tell me anything different. And I've been on the Justin train from the beginning. Yeah, Like, I was calling for it. When people were talking about Mac Jones going for him, I was like, what are you, are you crazy? And I, I'll never forget, I put out this tweet, and it was like a video of Justin throwing uh, a deep ball I don't. I can't remember if it was actually at his pro day or if it was in the college football playoffs. But it was one like talking about his arm strength. I'm like, dude, what are you? What are we talking about here? <laughs> right. He came out of college as being one of the smartest quarterbacks out of that draft. They talked about his knowledge of the game, but then you look at the way that Ryan Pohl set up this season. In some ways, it was almost for like look to me that it was almost for him to set up to fail, not having you know, big-time receivers, and, and the offensive line was in a flux of kind of moving uh, moving around in like a kind of like a Ferris wheel. And I was trying to figure out how is he going to be successful? Well, listen, he proved Ryan Poles wrong. I can make this happen. And he had to do it a lot by himself. But I think over the next four games, it's really to see if they can find a way to get this passing game going just a little bit more. And and credit to Luke Etsy, he talked about it too, that it's changed up a little bit since the Atlanta game. I mean, we were accustomed to seeing him running all over the place. I, I get it. But what happens is, is sometimes is the teams that you're going against and how they're playing you, they force you. And teams now, they're going to start force, forcing Justin not to be able to run. They're going to have a spy on him all the time. Even though anytime he touches the ball, he can take it to distance they're going to try to find ways to make him beat them through the air. And he's got to find ways where the deep ball is so accurate and it's gotten better. He has had some misses throughout the season. I get that. Quarterback it happens to quarterbacks all the time, especially young quarterbacks. The veterans you see that hit those like all day. He's only going to get better at that. I want to see him take what the defense is giving him. If it's not that ball that's down the field, take the check down. Live the fight another day. And his decision-making throughout this uh, four-game process, that's what I'm really looking forward to because uh, everything else, man, when you see him on the football field, man, he is, he is just as advertised, man. The dude is a stud, and I think Bears fans are super lucky to be able to have a young quarterback like this that they can build upon. And I know Ryan Poles hopefully moving forward going into this offseason, which is a big one. Uh, I hope he does the right thing and, and finds ways to be able to, to truly put the pieces around this young man so he can truly be successful, which is going to make this franchise successful. Yeah, you know, the, the Bears fans have been tortured. We we know this, JP. When it comes to the quarterback spot, it, it just it just has never really worked out long term at the quarterback spot for the Chicago Bears. And I I know I remember you were all about Justin Fields going into that draft, and to think somewhere down the road. JP, like we, you know, everyone points to the Mitch thing and missing on Mahomes and all of that. Like in a few years, like we could all be looking back at that draft and be like, wow, 
all those teams passed on Justin Fields, and three quarterbacks were taken before him in the NFL draft. That's not a slam dunk. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think Trevor Lawrence can be a really, really good quarterback, but one of the guys drafted ahead of Fields has already been benched, and the other guy I think is super talented, but he's dealing with an injury. So I think for once the Bears finally got something at the quarterback spot. I wanted to ask you about this, JP, because I've been hearing so much about it all Bears season. was, And, and you would know you played football at a very high level. This idea of learning how to win and that they do need to get some wins to learn how to win. And I, look, I think there's something there, of course, winning. You're going to you're going to learn and take something from winning. But here's here's where I'm at with like with that JP because it's like one All right. Let's say they finish with three wins. How many more games, people making that argument, this idea of learning how to win, how many more games would they have had to have won to make you feel like they've learned how to win? Six wins? Seven wins? Five wins? What does it really matter? And then second, these are NFL football players. They have all had success at every level before it, and some have had success even at the NFL level. So I don't know if it's because it's just a narrative being thrown out there and reporters continue to ask players about it. And so, look, some of the players have said, yeah, there is there is something in learning how to winning. I just, I, I don't know. Where where are you at with that? Because I'll, I'll tell you, man, like, it is funny because I've been hearing it a lot, you know, especially over the airwaves on radio, people talking about it. I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, they're going out to win. They're not going out to lose. You know what I mean? And it's just, the, the circumstances of their situation right now and, and looking at their roster, like they can only do what they can do. You know, like you can only go out and, and do what you can do. Just think about the, the Packer game, right? The back end of that defense with all those young guys that were, you know, guys that haven't played a lot, that were getting an opportunity. They look good in the first half, but then they teetered out in the second half. That's just, it's not a lot of experience, and that's going to happen. So, yeah, if you want to learn how to win, dude, you need some studs, dude. You need <laughs> right. dogs. Get better you players, dogs. and like, then you'll learn how to yeah, win. Dude, you like, know? This is the NFL, man. Everybody's good. Dude, everybody's good. But the teams that are successful, man, like, they got dogs on there. And, like, you got to figure out how to be able to draft those kind of guys. you got to figure out how to be able to to go out and find those guys in free agents, free agency. And like, if you can do that, then those are the guys that understand what it means to win, man. Like I've been on teams, bro. KP, like we, we, we didn't lose like, like this when I was at Miami. Right. But we had studs that were on the roster that were young. And what happens is, is like some of those young guys have to be able to play a significant role early on. Like, when they're young and then they learn from that way, the way you learn to win is by the more reps you get while you're on the football field. And then also what you do in practice and what you're doing outside of practice and what you're doing while everybody else is sleeping. Like you start building it that way in the way that you work and then you build upon that. And then once you win, you get that taste of success and then it goes from there. So Yo, they're not learning how to lose right now. Like I'm, I'm not buying into that. What the hardest part is is like they are who they are. They can only do so much. And so you know, as you start adding new pieces to the puzzle, guys that have won, and that especially in the NFL, like you talked about, guys have won like at every single level. It's hard to find guys that have won significantly in the NFL, but have done it as far as 
playoffs, championships, Pro Bowls, all that stuff. Like, yo, once you start adding those dudes to the roster, man, winning starts to come, man, because those guys bring the attitude. Those guys bring the tempo. They bring that knowledge of what it means to to kind of, you know, bring home a championship or to, to win, have consecutive wins. Like, that's the feeling. you got to have that. So, yeah, it's hard right now. Three wins. I get it. Totally understand. Yeah. But that all is going to come in time once you start building this roster the way that it's supposed to be. Because if you look at the way that it was created going into this season, yo, KP, you can't tell me they weren't they weren't trying, not trying to lose, but like they were like, yo, we, we know what we're trying to do right they now. They stripped it down. They were stripping this thing down, man. And, and guess what? And then you know losses are going to come. But to me, it's more on Matt Eberflus and his his coaching staff to be able to put together this whole hits philosophy, the principles. Can, can they find a way to carry that over from year to year? Can that be the staple like in other places around the NFL where we've seen success, like with the Patriots and what they did with Tom Brady? And, 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 and you just see what Belichick was able to do, right? It didn't matter – they built a system that a system they had the quarterback, but they built a system that it didn't matter KP who was in it because they can plug and pull because it's how they teach the game and how they go through their day to day operations in their facility and how they coach. You can do that. That's what breeds success, man. And then once you get that taste of success, man, it's over. But it's it's really hard to sustain in the NFL. So. Um, just getting a taste is good. You got to be able to replicate that year after year, and that's tough to do. But you do it, and make it a lot easier when you got some dogs on your roster. Yeah, speaking of dogs on your roster, we we look at this Eagles team on Sunday, and look, Jalen Hurts has played his way into the MVP conversation. I think Justin Fields someday can absolutely be a guy that could contend for an MVP. Um, but let's talk about the defense side of the ball for the Eagles, JP. That is a nasty front seven they've got. The, the defensive line for the Eagles, Sam Mustafer says he thinks it's the deepest unit in all of football, not just the deepest defensive line. So it, it is very clear and apparent that the Bears need massive upgrades on the defensive side of the ball, specifically at the defensive line. 16 sacks the whole year, JP. Their leading sack sack guy is Jaquan Brisker, a rookie safety with with three sacks. Um, so that brings me to this, which is the bears are looking right now. Like they're going to have a top five pick in the NFL draft. And yeah. that means there's a lot of possibilities. Of course, they could trade that de- a trade down. If a team gets desperate and wants to take a quarterback and then who knows, they could have multiple first round picks. There's also the possibility the Bears can take either Will Anderson from Alabama, the edge rusher, or Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle for uh, for Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs, who's just, I mean, look, you can't go wrong either way, but I'm sure you've, you've kind of watched those guys and you've seen a lot of people talking about it. Um, wh- who would you rather have, though? Because I think Carter no, almost – go ahead. Who, do you, who would you rather have, Carter or Will oh, Anderson? Oh, KP, KP. I told you man. I'd ask you one or the other. I'm so I'm, – I'm like – I'm so glad that I'm not a GM, especially I'm glad that I'm not Ryan <laughs> Poles at this moment. I mean, I've been saying – I mean, both those guys are generational-type talents, man, that can truly change your trajectory of your franchise, especially on your defense, right? So – I mean, both guys are exactly what we were just talking about before, and I, I hate to keep using the word, but 
man, both of them are straight dogs, man. You got to have dudes like that on your roster. And I don't know, the way that you look at the, the way that this defense is set up, you need both guys. I think Jalen Carter might be, and people might be upset with me, but I think it's just true, honestly. I think he might be the key to what you need. Like he's like that first building block that you need. I've said the same thing, right? Jared. Like, so don't worry. I don't think you're alone on this one. I think a guy, yeah, a good, an interior D tackle with this style of defense that doesn't want to blitz, yes. and you need a game wrecker in the interior of that defensive line. Carter makes so much sense. I mean, both do, obviously. They're both insanely talented. But Carter, like, that would be a dude. Like, And think about it, because remember, Ryan Poles, last last offseason, what was going to be the one splash he made, made in free agency, Jeremy? It was going to be Larry Ogunjobi, a defensive tackle who yeah. failed his physical. Like, that was obviously an area Ryan Poles was like, this is something in a year where they were stripping it down. He was willing to give a massive contract to an interior defensive lineman. I think that gives you an idea of how how much value they put on that area. Yeah, I really do. I think it's a, I just think it's a crucial part to what Matt Eberflus and this defense is trying to do right, and so you, you, I think you start there and you build out, and it's hard because you're looking at two options that are, they're really, really good. I mean, it's like a, it's like a Bentley and a Ferrari. Like, <laughs> dude, both are amazing cars, and like, if you can buy both of them, man, you're sitting, you I mean, you're sitting pretty, but you can only have one. Like, which one do you want? And I think that's the hard part is trying to figure it out. I. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Um, I love both of their games. And uh, anytime that you th- think about the premier positions in the NFL right now, an edge rusher getting after the quarterback is so huge. Other than the quarterback, that's like the other biggest position that everybody's looking for because the quarterbacks are so good. But they're not good, though, if they can be on their backs. You know what I mean? They can't throw the ball once they're, they're sacked. And so I think it's hard, but... Jalen Carter is a monster, man. He's a difference maker. And I I think both guys coming from both programs that they come from, from Bama, Will Anderson from Bama and Jalen Carter from, from Georgia, I don't think you can go wrong either, man. Like, yeah, that was like the, the one thing about uh, Roquan Smith that I loved. Like, coming from Georgia, I was like, dude, he's a baller, man. Like, he, I know where you come from. Like, when you come from one of those programs – your your top tier talent. So um, who knows? Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with either guy. I would probably go with Carter, but I would also say too, with so many holes that are on this roster right now, you mean you're hoping that somebody wants to come up, you could fleece them and get you know two first round picks because right. you want to be able to fill you know your roster a little bit. If you can fill them with two top tier first round talents um, after you know a year before where you didn't have a first round pick. Yeah, man. I mean, it, to me, that would be awesome as well. But, man, this is such an important offseason for yeah. Ryan Poles. And and everybody else is, like, worried about the pick, that, like what they're going to do with that first-round pick and where they land. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that as well. But I'm also worried about a little bit, and I think just intrigued about what Ryan Poles is going to do with this draft because this is a big one for him. Yeah. Like, you can't mess this one up. Right. Because, now now I mean, there's now, now the pressure is on Ryan Poles. And I've said yeah. this like he, you know, he inherited Justin Fields. Like that was a massive 
lift off of his shoulders. Like, like we're we're yeah. in a world where, like, ten years from now, we could be like, wait a minute, who drafted Justin Fields? That was Ryan Pace, and Ryan yeah. Poles, like, unlike every other single general manager in Bears history, he came into this situation not having to overly worry about the quarterback spot. It was like, all right, Justin Fields, let's see what he can do, and now it's like that's your dude. Now and look, it's a great time for the Bears. All the money we've talked about this, they have to spend and the top five pick probably. Now the clock is is, is starts ticking on Ryan Poles. Now the pressure starts on the general manager because this is a very crucial yeah. offseason coming up. Yeah, it's it's gonna be huge, man. So they, he's gotta figure out ways to be able to get it right. And you know, when I look at the the final four games as well, KP, it comes down to you know, some of his draft picks from last season and how do they finish off the season, right? I want to see the rookies finish strong. I mean, Jaquan Brisker, to me, has had the best rookie campaign. I love, you know, what he's been able to do. Um, but him and Kyler Gordon both, you know, missing those two weeks, uh, heading up to the bye. Now they're back off concussion protocol. Can they take another step? Can Brisker, you know, keep being the stud that he is, can can we see Kyler Gordon get a little bit more comfortable in, in his position as well? I like both of those guys. I want him to ball a little bit more. Bayless Jones, to me, has the most to prove out of all this rookie class. Like, where are you? Like, you were, you were in street clothes for some games, didn't know what was going on here and there, been used on, on some reverses and jet sweeps, but you haven't been really involved into the passing game. So, I think for Bayless, if he can find a way with some of the, the injuries that are on the wide receivers right now, Chase Claypool, questionable with that knee injury, can you find a way to be able to get involved and make some plays? Because that's a third-round pick, man. That's not being involved that you were having high hopes for that was supposed to be you know, a speed demon that could take top off the defense. We haven't seen that yet. I think moving forward in these last four games, Bayless Jones has to find a way to get involved and show that he can be a contributor contributor here because coming down the stretch here for polls, he's going to be evaluating like he has all season, but I think now he really, because of where the bye week was and how it was set, he's really going to be evaluating these last four games even harder to try to figure out who's going to be on this roster next season, who's going to ha- where, where do I need to go fill some of these holes? And so that's why I don't see the Bears like slacking off the last four games, even though the competition is going to be the top of the top, starting with the Eagles. They're going to have to find a way. Guys are fighting not just to make this roster. They're fighting to put tape out there to be able to keep a job in the NFL. There's 32 teams. There's 31 other teams that are looking at you as well. Can you find a way to finish strong? Um, to me, I think it's going to be crucial as his team heads down the down stretch. We'll leave it at that. Jared Payton, you are the man. I appreciate the time. I know you're on dad duty today, so I will let you go. I always love talking bears with you, JP. I appreciate the time. Man, anytime, JP, man. I appreciate you, bro. And that's episode 58 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks to JP for joining me. Thanks to Ernie Scatton and Brian Altimer for their help producing the podcast. And thank you for listening. I'm Kevin Powell. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.